1: Whether
0: you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva Presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any
1: department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva Presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and
0: I screamed.
1: (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.
0: Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing Fractured Fire. Early retirement, not so hot right now.
1: That's right, it is not so hot right now. But yeah, we are talking about fire, financial independence, retire early. Yeah, the fire this, movement, not so hot, but the uh, the weather outside, mostly the, hot. The heat wave, fire, that is definitely something that is going on right now. So, I mean, we are continuing our conversation about fire. Uh, we, we talked with Sam, the financial samurai earlier this week, and this is something we like to coincide with Independence Day, uh, that having been Monday. And uh, we're going to con- continue the conversation a little bit more on this Wednesday episode. We're going to talk about fire in the midst of of the market today yeah. and, and, and how it is that folks are experiencing it, as well as just some some thoughts that we have in particular about the RE part of FIRE, the uh, retire early part. We're going to talk a lot about work today. I'm looking forward to that discussion, buddy. That's right. It's, it's, and part of it
0: is like the current economic situation. How does that impact the movement as a whole? We're going to talk about that. But we're also going to talk about maybe
1: the things that we like the most about FIRE. So it's not all going to be like hating. <laughs> There's going to be- Yeah, we're not going to hate. Hopefully a balanced perspective here. To yeah. Absolutely. Hey, real quick though, I cannot remember if we mentioned this on the show, but I had listed uh, a sofa that we had. Uh, this is, by the way, this is a sofa we've that we had for close to ten years, and we are selling it. I mean, we sold it. I will say because we already got the money for it. Uh, we sold it for almost what we paid for it. <laughs> that's, that's inflation, right there, brother. <laughs> Which is, I know that like it's crazy. First of all, it makes the me... new alternative is twice as much. <laughs> exactly, it makes me want to continue to buy like quality goods. It was interesting. Is this is the first more expensive piece of furniture that Kate and I ever purchased. And even at the time, we like we looked at each other before we clicked purchase, because even back then it was a uh, an online purchase, and we said, oh, are we really about to spend this much money on a sofa? But we knew it was quality, it was made of leather, it was solid, uh, and sure enough, man, the value of that thing has held up. We are certainly happy about that. But what I wanted to talk to you about is the fact that I listed this sofa, I listed it on Facebook Marketplace, and a lady bought it. She sent me money via Zelle. So the money was sitting there in my account. And I asked her, hey, all right, let, let me know when you are able to come by and pick it up. And she's like, all right, I'm you know scheduling some stuff with the movers, I'll let you know. It's been weeks since uh, we have had that interaction. Wow. And I've reached out to her and we still have the sofa Honestly, I'm getting kind of tired of it. <laughs> I'm tired of this thing sitting around. Uh, it does not have a place in the new house. But what say you, Joel? Yeah, I mean that—that's a good question. You've already had to move this couch when you were hoping they would come before you—you <laughs> you left exactly uh, before you moved. Yeah, so, l- luckily, no sweat off my back. We had the movers, and they're like, "Oh yeah, no problem." They yeah, just, they threw it in there. Um, I was hoping actually that they would come. Uh, right before we moved, and so it was like literally one of the last things they put on the uh, on the actual truck. Okay. Well, the yeah, the
0: tough thing is it like there's nowhere inside the house for it, so leaving yeah. it on the covered porch and like letting <laughs> them know, hey, this is no longer in a climate-controlled space, and uh, and really it's up to you to S- pick it up, start and making it look less attractive, yeah, uh, for them to leave it with me longer.
1: But I would also I would give them a deadline. I'd say like, listen, there's there's a week before. Okay. I, so if I do that, that's
0: a tough thing. You can't
1: refund if, them all their money. Well, I don't want to. That's the thing. I don't want to go through the pain of having to relist it because it's it's just a pain. Right. But would you feel comfortable? reselling it, uh, selling it to somebody else, because that starts to feel a little dishonest, right? Yeah. I mean, only if
0: you're going to refund their money if you sold it, right? right? Yeah. Chances are, you might not get the same price. I mean, there's all sorts of uh, weird but things I, in there. So. I also
1: feel terrible about sticking, like, putting it out on the curb yeah. at that point, too, right? Because if I uh, give them a hard deadline and say, all right, like, literally after this, I'm going to put it out on the curb, I think that's the like the most honest way of going about yeah. things. Yeah, I think so, too. I don't feel that's good a at-
0: really crappy thing, to have a couch that you pay a lot of money for put <laughs> out on the curb. Exactly! But it's also really crappy to leave someone hanging for for weeks and weeks and weeks when you've bought something, but you're not coming to pick it up. Get
1: your act together. And plus, you stick it on the curb. You know somebody's going to see that and think, uh what are you doing? Like, is this for a photo shoot or right. something? <laughs> are you taking photographs of this sofa in front so of the someone's house? Someone's going to grab something? it really quickly. Oh, yeah, to- And they'll be Absolutely. out a lot of money with no couch. They're going to, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, gonna, but maybe It's that- going to make my green slide uh, <laughs> curb alert. Like, it's to right. put that thing to shame. But maybe that uh, lights the fire under
0: them, the exact fire that's needed to be like, okay, we got to figure this out. We can no longer just kind of like twiddle our thumbs yeah. and
1: hope that at some well, point something lands into our lap so we can pick it up easily. I gave a soft deadline Previously, but I think maybe the next step is to be like, look, if you don't get it by X date, I am going to be forced yeah. to put it out on the curb because literally we want to spend about a month now, and and that's yeah. that's just, yeah. just a
0: lot of time. Yeah, to, okay. yeah, it's. I think you you are well within your rights to do that <laughs> at this point. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, was, I was curious if you're going to be like
1: sell it again. You're going to make twice as much money. No, that would
0: be that'd be <laughs> terrible. I think I mean, the the only <laughs> alternative is if you sold it, but then you refunded their money if it sold for let's say a different price, or if you sold it for less, and maybe there was a discrepancy like. You you send them the, the smaller amount of, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like that seems kind of weird. I would too. Feel, though, I would feel decent about that. Yeah, and mm-hmm. be like, "Hey, sorry, like someone else bought it, but they bought it for one hundred bucks less. So I'm sending you back what you sent me minus a hundred. I mean, it, there's no real great scenario here. <laughs> uh, it's, all,
1: it's, it's also weird because she never came and saw the thing. Yeah, Isn't that weird? Like, would you drop multiple thousands of dollars? Uh, it's not like three. It's $1,500, basically, for this thing. Would you spend that much money on a sofa that you've never even laid eyes on? Highly unlikely. The fact that she... I mean, like, from article or something like that. If it was yeah, brand new, but, yeah, absolutely. But, but the, not used. Yeah. I was kind of dumbfounded by the fact that she just went ahead and sent over the money. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is this some sort of really fancy scam? But... <laughs> I mean it's difficult as far as I know, I haven't heard any Zell scams as far as like false deposits being made or anything like that. Yeah. It's not like a, a forged check where the the funds are gonna come back as uh, Insufficient, you know, a, a week from now and you've already sent a real check right. to the but at this uh, point to this game, right? That money, money's been baking in your oh. account for oh, yeah. a long time. It's so. very seasoned.
0: <laughs> Alright, well, um yeah, good luck with that one. That Thanks. sounds like a little bit of a money ethical it's, um, it's a just weird, annoying conundrum. Yeah, a weird beer?
1: little dilemma. Yeah.
0: All right, well let's move on, Matt. Let's get to the beer, mention the beer we're having on this episode. This one is called Just a Kiss by the Brewery. <laughs> and when I when I say the brewery, I always think of like the Ohio State University. Um it, it, because that's <laughs> just kind of an interesting name, the brewery, but it's spelled different you know b-r-u-e-r-y and and this this Stop brewery in a more european way right this this the brewery has been making awesome beers for a ton of years now so yeah we'll give our thoughts on this saison at the end of the episode but for now let's get on the subject at hand we are talking about the fire movement and how uh, it's being fractured right now and matt it made me think that uh, you know some things sound really good until in reality, they aren't, right? Uh, My kids... Like naming your brewery the brewery. (laughs) Right. You're like, wait, now that's just confusing. Uh, But my kids, uh, they often tell me about how they plan to make decisions when they become adults that are very different than the ones that that we're making, that my wife and I are making. It's not surprising, but of course, all the free money they have on hand, they're going to spend it at the candy store. That's high on their list. They're going to eat ice cream every night, right? They're going to do things a little differently once they rule the roost. And... I don't know about you, Matt. I thought that way when I was young, too. I think most kids do, right? Um, I I still... One of my favorite scenes in all of movie history is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory when they enter the candy room. And like, just imagining myself in that is like... um, It's something I've done for a lot of years, right? Like, oh, wow. How would you spend 30 minutes there?
1: (laughs) You go haywire. But... um, Would you kind of float down the chocolate river? Would you get get sucked up through the... uh... (laughs) Maybe. Like, that sounds kind of fun. Which one would you be? (laughs) (laughs) all the above. Maybe maybe not Charlie, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah,
0: like as you grow older, you start to realize that some of those things when you were a kid that you thought were great, well, there's other constraints maybe that prevent you from living that life. Like um, maybe it wasn't just the rules that your parents had. There were other good reasons. Now you don't want to rot your teeth out. You don't want to gain a ton of weight or you don't want to Eat like crap and feel awful. Right? Have uh, adult onset diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There are <laughs> other reasons to avoid uh, eating as much candy as you can. And so, what sounded really good to eight-year-old me is not necessarily as appetizing to 38-year-old me. And I hope the same is true for my kids. But I, I think there's something similar happening when it comes to the FIRE movement right now. Right? This idea that sounds compelling to become financially independent and to retire early when the market is screaming higher year after year. Well, it, it doesn't feel the same when we're experiencing a major correction mm-hmm. and inflation soaring at the same time. Like I think the FIRE movement is grappling with maybe kind of a new economic
1: reality. Yeah. Yeah. So it shouldn't come as a surprise, right, that we're talking about this today during our How to Money Financial Independence Week. But the market has basically been in the red all year long. Uh, a couple weeks ago, the S&P officially entered into uh, bear market territory. And if you're someone who is counting on the returns from the market to provide you with income. You're probably sweating bullets these days. You're, you know, you're watching your portfolio balance wither like a like a scorched yard in July. And I'm guessing you're a bit more tense these days. Uh, and since you retired early. You might even be busting out the old Rolodex. You might be reaching out to old coworkers, old bosses, in an effort maybe to secure a spot with your old employer as your portfolio is taking a nosedive. Yeah, um, you're trying to remember like, how did I how did I go out?
0: How did I quit? Did I burn some bridges on the
1: way out? Did I, did I throw up a couple middle fingers? <laughs> is, is there a way that I could perhaps come on as a contractor? Yeah, like, Ho- Hopefully I was courteous yeah. <laughs> when I did that. Yeah, but you know the idea of fire it still sounds great, uh, but the reality of when or or how you get there it sure seems a little. Little more precarious in the present moment. That's what we want to talk about today. Yeah, I mean the the fire movement. It was certainly looking easier, right? It, it seemed like the playbook was pretty simple. When and it literally was easier, right? Yeah. Like like when we are seeing close to twenty percent returns, you know, multiple years, uh, you're probably feeling pretty good about your prospects of uh, being able to achieve the four percent rule within your early retirement. That's right. Yeah, by the time within ten years or something like that, if the market's going up at that sort of pace during the you
0: know longest bull market in U.S. history, it seems a little more achievable. And I don't think it's coincidental that the the movement gained a lot of traction and additional adherence in the last five or seven years, right? Um, And that's not to say that there weren't other people living the quote-unquote fire lifestyle, under a different moniker right before that that term got popularized some people definitely were they were saving huge chunks of their income they were uh, proponents of investing a lot of what they were saving but the reality is that a booming stock market made it kind of feel like fire was reasonably easy to achieve and and it drew more interest Mm -hmm. but market volatility was um although there are people in the space certainly talking about the reality of market volatility it, a lot of folks in the fire movement hadn't yet experienced it firsthand, and there's just there's just nothing right. like real life experience to mold and shape our views. Yeah, and when you actually endure a downturn, uh, when the economic reality that you've been accustomed to gets upset, the apple car gets turned over, it's going to impact maybe how you view the movement as as a whole.
1: Exactly, and 2020 didn't count because that was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we did drop uh, over 20 percent, and so we it was a bear market at that point. It was more than that actually, but that was a you know it was a Medically induced coma. That yeah. was an artificial little blip. And so we had it was really yeah, it was like like barely a month. And we had other basically. things on our mind at that point in time, whereas right now, not, not so much. Exactly. And so it's been close to fifteen years now since the, the a true bear market. And so a down market, this this shrunken net worth maybe that you might be experiencing. This is a tough thing to stomach, especially after you just hit your <laughs> your fire number and you quit your job. But it's not just that. At the same time, prices are going bonkers. We're seeing inflation. Inflation uh, at the highest it's been in over 40 years, and so yeah, folks, maybe who retired early to do a bunch of traveling, especially if you happen to jump on that that van life bandwagon where you're having to pay for fuel you're not seeing your money go quite as far as, uh, as you used to. <laughs> yeah, those projections aren't
0: looking nearly as safe, and you're spending money uh, you know, hand over fist yeah. when you thought, eh,
1: this is my guess for what I'm going to spend in a month, and it's likely exceeding that by a decent chunk. Exactly. So basically, your income has gone down, your expenses have gone up, it's a double whammy. Uh, so the early retiree is going to have to make some tough decisions. They're going to have to likely rein in their, their spending for the time being. Uh, and so early retirement might have to look different than previously planned when inflation is nearing 10%. Uh, and some folks are pushing off their fire date or they're, they're going back to work to ensure that they won't run out of money. There are uh, a confluence of factors that are causing folks to rethink everything. That's right. Yeah, and, and I think the the thing about financial freedom is
0: that it needs to be simultaneously an offensive and a defensive move, right? It's, it's kind of an offensive strategy in the sense that, you are saving and investing more in order to take control over your own financial future. You're you're basically investing in a way that just exceeds your peers on almost every level in an effort to have more control over how you spend basically every minute <laughs> going into the future uh, in that post-work, uh, retire early lifestyle. Fire devotees, they, they work to have an investment portfolio that is 25 times their annual expenditures. But what happens if you reach that point and then a bear market proceeds to tear that plan apart, quickly bringing you down to something like maybe 18 times your annual expenditures uh, and that's not what you plan for that's that's where the necessity for a strong defense comes in because you can't know in advance when a market correction is coming we all know that i mean you know robert kiyosaki's been predicting them every single year for a decade and it, he's been wrong it, until now he's like finally <laughs> even a, even a broken <laughs> clock is right uh what twice a day my so. time to shine is <laughs> now. <laughs> see guys i told you but yeah t- to be able to fire without stressing it's 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 just crucial to find a way to to pad your portfolio for times like this, as well as allocating your investments in a way that's not going to derail those plans. And so it's offensive, it's defensive. But I think some of the fire proponents, they really got the offensive part of the, the fire movement down. But maybe maybe when it came to some of those, those defensive moves, they were lacking. And we all know, Matt, defense wins championships, right?
1: I'm just thinking of a swingers reference. You're talking about like the bear ripping up the plan. And I wish I would have come up with, you know, the, the Vince Vaughn scene when he's talking about the bunny and how. I don't think
0: I ever saw that movie. dude. Everyone, uh, I mean, I know it's one of those classics. It's a, yeah, but. it's
1: definitely a classic. I need to rewatch that. So anytime we talk about bear markets moving forward, I can bust out that quote. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, generally speaking, like financial independence, it takes a long time to reach. For the average person, you know, like we're talking a decade for some folks, you know, some folks can do it uh, within uh, a shorter number of years, but oftentimes it's going to take a good bit longer. And while we are all about the pursuit of financial independence on uh, shorter on a truncated timeline, the fire movement can be a bit extreme for our tastes and in an environment like the current one at least a percentage of FIRE adherents uh, are having to reconsider their current plans uh, or their timeline. And so we are gonna talk about better ways to think about financial independence. Uh, We're gonna talk about quitting a job that you don't like, in addition to praising the FIRE movement for what it does get right. And we will get to all of that right after this break.
0: Wherever you go next,
1: make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at NerdWallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Kachava is the all-in-one
0: superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Cachava really earns their 52,000 plus five-star reviews. slash howtomoney. That's spelled K-A-C-H-A-V-A and get 10% off your first order. That's K-A-C-H-A-V-A.com slash how to money I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb, you just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
1: Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the, uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, For your extended 30 day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com/slash how to money for an extended 30 day free trial.
0: Okay, we are back from the break, and Matt, we just kind of Kind of set the stage. I think a lot of people, maybe who are prominent in the fire movement, uh, especially people who still make money talking about the fire movement, the, those folks are probably in an okay scenario because they haven't actually bailed from work that provides income altogether. But some of the folks who are on the other side of the or because they had enough of that padding that you talked about before yeah, the break, right? Exactly. Like yeah. you've got the and, like, they, and they still live incredibly frugally and they have way more money than they'll ever need, even in a bear market.
1: Yeah, like that padding is almost like you you know you you were talking about offense and defense, I feel like Offense is investing and earning more. Defense is cutting your expenses, right? Because you're trying to keep... That's a big, yeah, defensive move too. But like, maybe it's the special teams. Is that like the (laughs) the padding there in the middle? Like it's all those small little things in the in-between. In-between you scoring points and in-between you keeping your opponent from scoring points on you. I think there are ways to be solidly financially independent and not have a job that's earning money. Uh, But it it means that you've uh, you've got some good padding in your life. Uh, That's right. Some significant investments and savings. It means that you've got padding but it
0: also means, in all likelihood, that you, yeah, if you've quit your job, that's something that we we should talk about now because you and I we're not necessarily in favor of the re part of fire, right? It's not it's not our favorite, and that is kind of one of those things. Like it it kind of comes along with the financial independence package when you're talking about this movement, and and I think in this movement overall, there's just been too much of an emphasis uh, when it comes to ditching work, and I think that that narrative is shifting at least a little bit. Yeah, but uh, you know the concept of working sixty hours a week at a job you don't like for a decade, uh, nose to the grindstone, or maybe even longer in order to never have to work again, that still exists. There's still people in the movement that kind of think about it like that as a way to maybe hate your life for a decade so that you can enjoy the rest of it. I just think it's a horrible way to live, especially, you know, some of those prime years where Mm -hmm. you can be having, uh, you know, fun and using your income to, you know, do things that you enjoy. So yeah, we're going to give maybe some alternatives to the idea, the concept of early retirement and how you should use your growing nest egg to help you reframe and reconsider
1: how you work, when you work, and what kind of work it is that you choose to do. Yeah, it's true, right? That not everybody uh, within the fire community thinks that work is bad. It's a good thing, uh, but there's an often like subtle and, and sometimes not so subtle insinuation that you've got to, you know, get off that hamster wheel and that your day job is preventing you from living the life that you want. If only you had a million dollars in the bank, you know, you could you could ditch it all together. You could be free. But we think that the work that you do, right, that it is adding value to the lives of other people uh, while simultaneously rewarding you with money. So you are providing value in your, you know, through your actions and you are receiving financial or monetary value in return, and pursuing financial independence so that you can opt to partake in work that is more enjoyable and maybe a little bit more meaningful to you, that makes sense to us, uh, or even having you know, just more savings and investments so that you can opt to work less. But quitting altogether at an early age, I think it's, it's a misplaced goal uh, because we want you to be focused on something else. It's not necessarily about trying to leave the, the rat race, trying to leave the job that you have currently as fast as possible. Uh, I think so much of it uh, comes down to what it is that you are seeking after you want to have a goal. Yeah, I think oftentimes
0: in the fire movement, Matt, that is the misplaced goal. It is like uh, an intense dislike of work. The fire number yeah. is, is sort of that misplaced and goal. And it's like, right? that's like, how I get out of the thing that I hate. When instead we would say, it's it's even worth making less money, right? right. Or uh, in order to enjoy what you do, more prolonging your ability to achieve that elusive fire number.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of times the the end result might be the same, but it's just what it is that you focus on, right? It's it's the negative, you know, like you cut something out of a sheet of paper. uh, You've got like the positive and the negative. Uh, It's oftentimes folks who are focusing on the negative. Like, that's what we want you to avoid doing. And we want you to instead focus on the positive parts. Right. Uh, and in the end, we, we still think that you're going to potentially end up at the same point. Uh, you might end up at the same point financially. But what your life looks like within during the interim, uh, what your life looks like in the meantime, I think that could vary wildly, as well as your ability to just stay happy while you are retired, even if it is early. Yeah. And you mentioned going part time uh, just a second ago,
0: you know, and I, I think that's actually a really good thing to to hone in on for a second, because going part time, I think is a great way to think about financial independence, right? Especially for folks who do feel overworked, who, who have been working 50 60 hour weeks, being able to work 20 hours a week instead of that. It, that seems like a much better scenario for so many people. And mm-hmm. that is going to get people 95% of the way there, right? And the thing is, you don't get there overnight. That's, of course, true. But it's easier to accomplish that than amassing a war chest that allows you to retire and then never have to earn another dollar for the rest of your life. You're still getting some sort of income and some sort of fulfillment from that place that work occupies in your life. And I also like how financial independence, maybe pursuing that, can allow you to start your own business or to pursue a career that just doesn't pay as much. And and instead of uh, that note to the grindstone, life for a a decade right, that we, we were talking about, so that you can eliminate work forever, allowing your net worth to support, your ability to pursue work that you actually care about that might not be as lucrative, I think that is a better trade-off, right, than kind of the work as completely as hard as you can uh, until you finally don't have to work at all anymore. Like it's it's like a spigot that's either all on or all off. And I just don't think that's like the best way to conceptualize totally. it. Totally.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of in between points. Uh, it doesn't have to be binary. Um, but I, I think it can also n- lead to not only just work that you find more meaningful or that you're more passionate about, but it can also lead to you continuing to do that work just at a pace of life that you envision for yourself. And so I think, like the reason I say this is because I think a lot of times there can be so much maybe an overemphasis placed on work that's your passion. And I think there's a lot of folks out there who might be listening thinking, yeah, I never found like my like my passion job or yeah. they're thinking, well, like I've got this job it pays pretty well. I've got pretty good benefits. It's got good, you know, I've got some good flexibility. But would I say it's like my passion? I don't, I don't know. Like, what does that look like? I think there are. But does some... it give you enough time to pursue those passions on the side?
0: I think if sure. it pays enough and offers you enough flexibility, that's a great scenario for a ton of people. Oh, absolutely,
1: yeah. And so I, I guess what I'm, I'm pointing out though is that the the way that we view our work, I think, comes down uh, oftentimes to just recognizing the value that we are able to bring to other people's lives. Not necessarily ditching that job for something that we are going to find more passionate. Right. Like it's easy, I think, for like an ER doctor to say this. I'm I'm making a difference here. Like I'm literally saving lives. And so in that case, I think those doctors perhaps don't have to do as much work uh, from what is this work providing for folks? Because it's very obvious. Right. Like literally you're saving (laughs) you're saving the lives of people compared to like a window washer where they're like, okay. how is this making a difference? And instead of maybe looking down on the, the work that you know you might consider to be menial labor, to instead look like l- literally look at the value, the benefit that you're bringing to those around you, or to your your clients, or your customers, or at least to your boss who is happy to pay you for the work that you're doing. Yeah. It's more of like this mental like kind of mind shift, I think that can take place rather than like this literal career or job shift uh, in order to find more fulfillment within your work. Yeah. And I think
0: in, in any job, you can find kind of the the way that you can view it as an act of service. And yes, exactly. Even in something like pressure washing <laughs> somebody's house, yeah. right? Which I used to do uh, when I got my, my first full-time gig in radio, I was pressure washing on the side. And there's a way that you can view that as just like, a meaningless j- a task, a job that needs to get done, or you can view it as like, Serving someone and helping them make
1: their house yeah. look better. Like, and, look how clean this house is. Look yeah. how look how nice this driveway is. Like, Always made me feel good after the fact. Kids are like, going to be able to come out here. They're going to sit on this driveway and it's going to be so clean. Yeah. Like, it's not going to have any more of that tree grime or like, how do driveways get so dirty? Right. You know? <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, tree sap. and It's like tree sap, but it's just like, it's like tree dander. It's just yeah. like this gunk that like gets on there, you know? But like, if you can look at it that way, I think that can make any job that you're doing uh, seem much more fulfilling makes me think of Mike Rowe who we've talked about trying to get on the get on the show before <laughs> but like the ability to find like joy and contentment within work that you do I think more value needs to be placed on those types of jobs
0: yeah and, and so we just talked about going part-time and I think taking a break is, is another thing that you can consider instead of like thinking that you have to quit work altogether taking an extended period of time off is another good way to think about getting away from work but for a period of time. But for a, you know, defined period of time, something like a Mm -hmm. few months. And, you know, occasionally our employer is actually willing to give that to us like other times they aren't we actually talked about this uh, matt that the fact that more companies are offering sabbaticals uh, just a few months ago on the show and we think that's actually a really cool perk um, that you know, a lot of companies are offering their employees somewhere between one and three months uh of of leave whether it's paid or unpaid but i think those extended times away from work are good for our brains they are good for our bodies and they often provide some renewed insight for us into what we want our work lives to look like moving forward. So, um, yeah, instead of like quitting and leaving altogether, uh, it's, it's a good idea to see if you can work in an extended break, some sort of sabbatical so that you can maybe reflect and get renewed, get some rest, and then you know, either come back with a, a renewed passion or maybe just kind of, uh, yeah, start figuring out how you can pivot into something else in the future. Yeah.
1: I'll, I'll mention too, I, I feel like the word sabbatical is like totally in vogue right now. Like you hear not only more, like there's more people we know who are using that term, but also like was written, I think it was in like Fortune or something Like that. A lot of companies are doing it as well. And I like the reason I I feel like it's overused is because, like, really, it's just a break. (laughs) Like, for most folks. But most people think of a break as like a week, and a sabbatical is like just extended. It's a a longer break, but I think it, it goes beyond that and it comes down to the intentionality that comes with what you do with that time. Because I think what's like truly involved is pausing from your work, but then looking like literally, sort of like what I was saying earlier looking back at the work that you've done and ref- like reflecting on it and to realize that like, oh man, this is, this is good work. Like I did a good thing here, but then also looking ahead and maybe deciding what do I want the, you know, the next seven years of my life to look like? What, yeah. what is it going to involve? Like, what is my career path going to be? Am I going to be with the same employer? Is it time to, you know, hang my own shingle and go out on my own? Uh, but it is important to note that that ditching work Like the reason we're mentioning this is because we want folks to know that it doesn't have to be permanent. You don't have to retire early completely. You can just take one of these breaks. You could take a more intentional sabbatical. For instance, our our buddy Chad Carson, he moved to another much more affordable country. Uh, He's planning to be there for like six or nine months or something like that. He's about to do this with his family for the second time. He's not trying to quit work altogether, but he's all about the exposure and the sort of the, the cultural experience that his family, that in particular, his kids are going to be able to experience. And so we mention this because we feel that seasons of relaxation, of being intentional with where your mind is not just thinking about the next project at work that needs to get accomplished or solved or figured out, uh, being able to focus on the future, being able to focus on your family. We think all these things are, are all very important. Yeah, they're all important, but you don't have to quit your job
0: altogether and never work again in order to get a taste of some of the best parts of what early retirement looks like. That's kind of what we're saying, Mm -hmm. right? That there are other ways to kind of enjoy some of the best parts without saying like, I got to have a $2 million portfolio in nest egg um, in order to even be able to consider leaving my job. It's like, no, no, no. no. There are a lot of steps in between. And when it's all or none, you're, you're maybe putting too much emphasis on a movement that could make you... Unhappy for an extended period of time when there are better options on like this dial, right? You're like, mm-hmm. instead of turning it to ten, turn it to three or yeah, five. It's, it's a dimmer switch. Exactly, this, it's not an on or off switch only. Yeah. And Matt, you mentioned Chad and his family doing their second sabbatical. Mm-hmm. I did something similar actually when I was like 22, uh, quitting my first job for three months, and I thought I was just going to use it as an opportunity to move out west to a different part of the country, but it ended up I, I moved back down here to the southeast. But it was one of those things where I didn't even have a ton of money saved up. I had like $10,000 maybe in my bank account. And I knew that I could travel cheaply for three months on, on that money on that nest egg. And I still had some leftover at the end. So it's one of those things where I think sometimes people assume that even for that, they need like some sort of massive uh, nest egg hanging out in their savings account. I just don't think that's the case. I think mm. you can make one of these things happen without necessarily upending your life completely or having just a ridiculous amount of money on hand. That's
1: true. Yeah. And we should really give credit too, to to where it's due. A lot of folks within the fire movement have talked about the problem with the retire early portion of fire. Uh, and, you know, some of this is just a reflection of the earlier fire folks uh, and the uh, ensuing branding of fire. But lots of people who are all in. On fire. They don't, you know, they don't really choose to walk away from work altogether. Uh, like there are a lot of folks who end up starting a blog, uh, who start a podcast, promoting the tenets of fire to other folks, and a lot of those individuals are making a solid income from that newfound enjoyable post-retirement <laughs> work, uh, but retiring from work altogether at a young age, like that being your only goal, that is not what we're trying to uh, get folks to do here. Yeah, and it's not just because we want people to work for the rest of their lives without actually
0: you know, quitting work at some point. But I think w- one of the other reasons that I think work is, or at least some work is helpful for people is because a lot of folks in the FIRE lifestyle or who have actually pulled the trigger and they have retired early. Well, I feel like I've heard a good number of them say that the fire lifestyle can be lonely. And so I think part of what makes not working fun is having other enjoyable things to do and then other people to do them with. Yeah, I think
1: that's why so many folks within the fire movement have blogs and podcasts <laughs> yeah. because they're trying to convert more folks over to their side to over to the dark side, perhaps. Uh, and like, like, I need more daytime pool hang friends. Come join me. The water is fine. Yeah. And I want you to be a part of my life. Uh, well, literally, I've heard folks talk about that before. <laughs> yeah, because if all your friends are still working, right, early yes. retirement, it kind of
0: can be become this lonely endeavor. So it's it's truly, it's not just the stock market troubles or the reality of inflation that makes FIRE less desirable right now. It's it's the reality that FIRE, it's not always as rosy as the folks pursuing it hoped it would be once they achieve it. And so, you know, our friend uh, Brandon, the mad scientist, he's, he's kind of admitted this much that that his FIRE reality was actually a good bit tougher than he dreamed it would be. And it, it actually kind of brings me back to our, our conversation with Wes Moss back in the day. Matt, he He uh, is mostly focused on helping traditional retirees make the transition to retirement in a happy way, but he says that the happiest retirees even the ones who bag work early have a slew of what he calls core pursuits, which are which are extremely meaningful hobbies. But they also have a significant attachment to friends and to family. They spend a lot of time with them in their retired years. And that's just not nearly as possible. It's so much harder to do as an early retiree. But it's also it's much more difficult because of the reality that most of your friends are probably still traditionally employed. They're still working. And so they're not going to be able to hang out with you during the day when you want a hiking buddy or someone to play disc golf with. And so I think that's one of the other things where it might sound nice to ditch work. But then when you think about the reality, it's like, well, if all my favorite people are still working, um, it might it might feel uh, a little more like a prison than it does the, some sort of newfound freedom.
1: Yeah, so all the more reason to talk about money, to talk about personal finances so that you can win your friends over, uh, <laughs> so that you can all go out and do that together. But like we said earlier, you know, we're not only going to hate on fire, on even early retirement. There are some benefits. There are some great things that you can do when you retire early, uh, and there are some great overall principles that fire espouses. And so we will get to all of those right after this break.
0: Wherever you go next, make it happen
1: with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at NerdWallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood
0: shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Cachaba really earns their 52,000 plus five-star reviews. Dot com slash how to money. That's spelled K A C H A V A. And get ten percent off your first order. That's K A C H A V A.com slash how to money. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together matt for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb, you just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the, uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app, for your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, we are back. Matt,
0: I feel like until this point, we have been a little Debbie Downer. We've talked about how fire feels a little economically untenable right now, at least for a lot of folks who previously had a plan worked out, their plan. It's a little more difficult yeah, these days, for sure. What do they say? You, you make a plan and God laughs. Uh, that, that's mm-hmm. one of those things where a lot of people in the fire movement have probably experienced that a little bit within the last six months to a year as inflation is soaring and the market is not doing so hot. But, but the reality is that you and I actually love a lot of things about what the fire movement preaches. And and I think it's it's been in a lot of ways, in many ways, it's been far more good than it has been bad, and it's impacted our thinking in significant ways. So maybe um, for a second, we can share some of our favorite aspects of fire. We can we can end this podcast on a positive note.
1: Totally, man. Let's do that. Uh, you know one of the best things about FIRE is the fact that it stresses a high savings rate. Like That is something that we can totally get behind. That's something that we prize, uh, because traditional personal finance folks, they, they've often suggested saving, uh, let's say, 10% of your income. Which doesn't sound like enough. Yeah. Th- while, while that's the case, FIRE uh, proponents, they like to turn that dial up uh, in a big way, something closer to 20, 35, 50, even 70% of your income. Uh, some FIRE folks actually do this. And we think that that can be a, a really good thing if you have this overarching plan and you know what it is that you are escaping to, right? Like th- that you are working towards. Uh, we want you to reach these varying stages of financial freedom well before you, you reach actual retirement age uh, as defined by the IRS. And a better than average savings rate is going to be key to actually make this happen. Yeah, Matt, before I kind of started reading
0: some of the fire blogs, I just assumed that I was killing it. We had like a 15% savings rate. And I thought that was like, there weren't many people out there doing much better than that. Then I ran into some of the fire folks and I saw how much they were saving. And I was like, it, it was a challenge to me to do better. And I realized that, that is one of the best things that FIRE has to offer. It's it's showing a lot of people that there's a lot more wiggle room in your budget and there's more ability for you to save than maybe you previously thought. Mm-hmm. But the FIRE folks aren't just saving money. They want people to invest their money. And so, yeah, while we agree... Yes, it's not
1: sitting in that savings account. No. It is their there, what, 0.9% now. Class, classically <laughs> but, in VT... Oh, more than what it's like... Yeah, barely one, more, yeah. 1.2, 1.25% that's now. That's true.
0: Yeah. So it's better, at least, savings rates are going up. Having cash on hand is important, even in... In uh, an environment of high inflation, but but investing allows your money to work harder for you than you're working for it, That's and that is something true. the fire movement understands in a big way. And so, uh, what happens is compounding starts to do the heavy lifting for you after years of dedication to investing. And so, we would say that the movement is is also all about simple, low cost methods of investing that we love. You know, socking your money away. Into index funds, low-cost index funds like the Total Stock Market Fund or S and uh, P 500 fund, but VOO baby, VOO is great. VTacks, we've got FC Rocks. Like those are those are some of our favorite funds for you to consider investing your money in. But lots of fire folks, they get they even get go past that. They get creative by investing in real estate or by house hacking as well. And so yeah, the desire on behalf of so many in this community to invest not just a, a small fraction of your paycheck, not just getting maybe the company match in your 401k. But to be stuffing huge chunks of your earnings into those accounts, that's something that Matt, you and I, we both get behind in a big way. We think that's uh, laudable for sure.
1: One of the other core tenets of the fire movement is the fact that by having more money on hand, that means you are going to have more options at your disposal. Because you know, we'd say that ditching work altogether in your early 30s, that like that alone isn't a great goal. But the more y- you are able to save, the more choice that you're going to have over how it is that you spend your time. That That's what's going to allow you to, to be able to go from full-time to part-time. You know, like that is going to be what allows you to spend more time with your kids or serving your community. You know, you, you can choose to do non-work things with your time, whether that's volunteering with the local Habitat for Humanity uh, affiliate or, you know, serving regularly, say like at a local soup kitchen. There are a million different ways that you can make yourself invaluable to your community and to your neighbors uh, that don't involve you being compensated and so having options allows you to to shift your goals as you get older because uh, you might find that the things that sounded good in your 20s they're just not as appetizing in your in, in your 40s that growing nest egg is going to allow you to have the freedom to choose your own adventure yeah man I liked Miller high life a lot more in my 20s than I do in my late 30s you know I'm
0: uh, I, I used to settle for some of that stuff in my fridge I still dig it just can't do you, you?
1: Yeah, after cutting the grass, there is a time and place for okay. almost all beer. Yeah, my friend. No, I'm, I'm I, <laughs> I agree with you, but I'd rather even have like. But I'd rather a, throw down some halfway crooks. Yeah, uh, lager. Absolutely, for but sure. That being said, you know, just to be able to. Yeah. For pure hydration purposes, Miller Highlight, I'll I'll totally do it. It's not hydrating though. (laughs) That's the problem. You (laughs) should drink water instead. Uh,
0: But yeah, your priorities change as you get older. And some of the things that you maybe thought were great, or you thought the ways in which you were living frugally, you were going to kind of do that in perpetuity. Well, you you might want to expand some things as you get older. And so you have to think about that on the front end, um, that (laughs) the way you live and the budget you have now won't stay constant. Mm -hmm. And we we also think, Matt, that, that fire can make you a more productive citizen kind of like you were talking about right like life just isn't all about work and and the Protestant work ethic it just gets a lot of praise right that this country we do have a problem with overwork there's a tendency for people to put too much stock in their career and not enough in their family uh, at the family and community level and so it's 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 uh we you know we just don't take enough breaks and our work weeks as a whole are just too strenuous I would say so being able to work less means that you can like you said volunteer more you know you can show up at your kid's school, uh, you you can support uh, the, the the teachers. You you know we we shouldn't just be working stiffs. We're really I think what we're saying in this episode is that we should aim to be holistic citizens who have like the time, the ability, and the energy to make impacts in other ways rather than just at the office.
1: Yeah. And, you, you know, you were just mentioning the, uh, the Protestant work ethic. We, I, th- I think the values that FIRE espouses are just way better than kind of the mainstream American values today, not just in, in how much we work, but also just in how much crap that we buy for ourselves, because consumerism, I think, is the de facto religion of the U.S., and FIRE is promoting frugality. It's promoting intentionality. And uh, yeah, we're, we're in the same camp on this one. We believe that attempts to rein in spending and to be content with less are definitely laudable. And so, you know, please don't hear us say that the fire movement is all bad because we've, you know, we've had some awesome folks like Mr. 1500, Carl and Rich and Regular, Kirsten and Julian. We've had them on the show. They're some of the biggest voices within the fire movement. And there's a lot that we can learn from their experience. But we also believe that the fire space also needs maybe a bit more humility. Uh, And this giant market correction, (laughs) it seems to be offering a dose of it right now. Uh, We had uh, the Financial Samurai, you know, again, on the podcast. Uh, on Monday. And he actually, he had this recent post that you should uh, check out about the regrets that a bear market can create in some fire folks, uh, even the ones who are, are blogging. They're out there teaching others about how to achieve financial independence and how to retire early. Uh, we will link to that in the show notes. Uh, but yeah, we believe that the pursuit of financial independence is a worthy goal. But the goal of, of doing all that you can in order to achieve not only financial independence but being able to retire early is a misplaced goal you know we we, we want to make sure that you are again not just escaping from something but that you are escaping to something cuz the end result like we're like I was saying earlier like i think the end result might be the same where perhaps maybe you aren't working right like maybe you know that you want your life to look like actually retiring and working for your local government where you know what? You're not making hardly any money at all. Like not enough of a wage to support a typical family. Or maybe you know that you want your life to look like you being more involved with your kids after school, where you're going to be helping out the teachers and helping out the the, the school board or something like that, where, where you're always showing up to the, the swim meets. <laughs> yeah. uh, our friend Maggie, like that is how she is spending her time since she's been retired. Uh, or maybe like literally, it could just be you sitting on a hammock and reading. I think that's totally fine as long as you have identified that that is a goal and that that is something you want to achieve as opposed to something that you're just trying to escape from. Granted, if you've worked really hard and you're the type of person who has been able to achieve uh, early retirement, I'm not sure if you're going to be Super happy <laughs> yeah. with that life. I don't, right? Like, there's a certain amount of contentment uh, that that would require, and folks have varying degrees of that. It comes down to, to your personality. But regardless of what your ultimate goal might be, just make sure that you have that identified for yourself, and that will shape everything else that leads to
0: it. Yeah. No, I think there's, there's some great thoughts, my friend. And I just, you know, I think when the stock market is in, in bear market territory and when inflation is just running amok, it's going to change, of course. Everybody, the best plans of, of folks, they're going to have to readjust, understandably mm-hmm.
1: so. Especially if, if that's that's their only goal, right? right? Like if they haven't identified an actual goal and all they've looked at are the numbers. If if they only know their the numbers fire the numbers. If, idea. if yeah. all they know is that they have to hit 25x of their annual expenses If all they know is that they have to reach the point to where their investments can, you know, 4% of that can cover their expenses for the year. And then the market tanks, it, complete, it flips your world upside down. Yeah. And it does not surprise me one bit that there are folks who are experiencing some sort of uh, quitter's remorse. <laughs> some great resi- resignation remorse. Uh, because if there is a greater goal outside of just the numbers, I think that could be enough to spur you on to continue to do the hard work. But but yeah, like in the middle of a, a bear market like this, you're probably questioning everything if yeah. you don't have that, right? Well,
0: I hope that the fire movement in general uses this as like a growing learning moment. And like you said, maybe like t- ma- teaching yep. some humility, maturity, maturity. because yep. the movement as a whole, again, like we said, has so many good things going on and has it has really accelerated the concept of personal finance and how we talk about it. But at the same time, there are a lot of people who may be bought into something that now appears to be um, a, a bill of goods that they, they're they going to have a hard time achieving. And so mm-hmm. uh, I, I, maybe that isn't actually what you want or need to be sold anyway. That's kind of what we're saying. So hopefully this episode has made you rethink maybe the concept yeah. of fire. Consider your work in a different light and and think about other ways to achieve some of those goals, those life goals that you have, aside from just bagging work in as little time as humanly possible. Totally.
1: All right, man. Let's uh, get back to the beer that you and I enjoyed this episode. This was Just a Kiss. Which, that's a song. Did you, do you know that song? I, it, it sounds like the, a killer song, but it's... I know. Oh, <laughs> it's a, you're thinking of Somebody Told Me or, yeah, or yeah, that yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> just a, no, it's, it's a Lady Antebellum or Lady A. They changed the name. Um, it's, a, it's a song by them. I don't really know it. No, I, I just, know, I just know it's a song by them. You know, I went to the high school with... with Two of the bandmates. And I did not know that. Uh, lived in the same neighborhood as, as this guy's. Okay. Literally played guitar next to one of the dudes. <laughs> I, c- I keep stepping it up. <laughs> Literally. Literally dated their sister. Was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm not necessarily going to recommend that song like I'm going to recommend this beer. Uh, this was a fooder-aged saison ale with orange blossom flowers and honey. I got to say, this is quite the label. It's got like a ton of bright, sunny, uh, fresh Colors going on here, yeah. Well, just like the beer did, right? The beer was mm-hmm.
0: was floral, but it was earthy. The orange vibes gave it like some brightness, but which just the can reflects, but just a kiss, just a of, kiss of, of orange, of yeah, orange just a little bit. So I mean, I I love a good funky saison. This was less on the funky side, more on the the floral and citrusy side. But um, I, you know what? Saisons are one of those styles that we don't have enough of, and I really enjoyed this one. I thought it had so, so a little bit of oak vibe coming mm-hmm. in as well from that
1: fooder. not as much as I would have loved. Loved, but I could have taken a little bit more. Just a kiss of that. Uh, yeah, of just that, a kiss of, of that, that too. So, but overall, I'd say a really good beer. You can't not drink this and tell me this isn't refreshing. And oh, yeah. Thirst quenching, uh, even, <laughs> <laughs> even though it's Even dehydrated. though it's dehydrating as we speak. But yeah, we will link to some of the different folks who we mentioned during this episode. You can find our show notes up on our website at howtomoney.com. If you have been listening to the show for a while and you have not left us a review, we would be incredibly thankful if you did that for us. That's not something we have uh, been pushing folks to do recently. But if you have enjoyed this episode, if you listen to the show and you feel like it's able to broaden your horizons, if, if it's allowed you to think about perhaps work or your money in a different way, we would love for you to share your thoughts and, and share how this podcast has helped you. And you can do that at Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. Yes. Real real quick and easy in
0: Spotify. You don't you don't actually get a review, but you can leave a star rating. You just click so. that star. We appreciate it in advance. But uh, Matt, that's going To do it for this episode. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out.